Girl Daily podcast, written by Stephanie Bond, narrated by Tegan Ashton Cohan, produced by Propeller Sound Studios. September 29th, Friday. I studied my nibbled nails with dismay. I'd been a bundle of nerves since the call from the AJC reporter. I considered phoning Portia to tell her about it, but I was afraid she'd worry I'd talk to the woman. Although what did I know, really? I had nothing but a few gossipy rumors and some anecdotal stories that a few buckhead housewives who were taking Beltina were losing their shit. Like that didn't happen every damn day anyway. And the woman who punched herself in the shower? Who knew how her wire had gotten crimped? As Portia had pointed out, Mental issues were notoriously easy to attribute and difficult to prove. Does a woman who takes Beltina decide to start punching herself, or is a woman prone to self-injury more likely to take a drug, like Beltina? It was the classic chicken and egg conundrum. The sound of flushing toilets roused me from my musings. Casey had convinced me to sign up for a ladies' restroom attendant during the annual Cirque du Soleil tent show in Triangle Point. She assured me the tips were phenomenal. And, since I didn't have any more wrinkle filler to traffic, I relented. It was my job to make sure the 40 or so bathroom stalls were clean and topped out with one-ply toilet paper. And there was sufficient hand soap, tampons, maxi pads, and paper towels on hand to keep the female customers of the upscale circus happy and moving through the lines so they could get back to their overpriced seats. Patrons who appreciated the effort dropped a dollar or a few coins in my tip jar. I was dressed in a black suit with gold epaulettes that made me look somewhat official, or like a monkey organ grinder. Take your pick. But I was wearing fake glasses and had hidden my hair under a cap. In the relatively low light of the bathroom, and the fact that no one really wanted to make eye contact with the woman who stalked the Johns, I didn't think I'd have to worry about anyone recognizing me. And... I was right. Before the show started, Sabrina and Susan came in, teetering on high heels. They'd asked me to come with them, but I'd made up an excuse, unwilling to part with my hard-earned temp dollars to see acrobats swing from silk scarves. Not only did the girls not recognize me, they didn't tip me, either. I was learning a lot about my friends and myself. While what Constance Hanlon said about every little job being important to someone, I'd be lying if I didn't say I think my talents were being wasted spraying Maui morning air freshener in the ladies' bathroom. Just before intermission, a statuesque redhead walked in. Charlie Graham's girlfriend. Correction, fiancé. I watched her as I passed out paper towels and gave nods of thanks for tips. She didn't go into a stall, just stood in front of the mirror and redrew her lipstick with stop-motion precision. It wasn't until she walked over to me that I realized a perfect tear had run down her cheek. She held her face motionless, as if she were afraid if she blinked, the Hoover Dam would break. I handed her a paper towel and she delicately dabbed at the lone tear and the corner of each eye, then tipped me ten dollars 
and walked out. Curious. I walked to the door and peeked out to see Charlie waiting for her. He looked handsome, dressed in slacks and a nice dress shirt. She walked up and he smiled, then clasped her hand. As they walked by, I ducked back. I puffed out my cheeks in a sigh. That woman would probably never be caught tending to a public restroom. I used to be that woman. And I wanted to be that woman again. Intermission was called, and for 30 minutes I was too busy to think about anything as the unending waves of women came and went. When the show resumed, I surveyed the mess left behind. Rolls of toilet paper strewn and unrolled, soggy paper towels, clogged toilets. I sighed and tackled each stall one by one. At the end of a row, I pushed on a door and it wouldn't open. I peered under to see it was empty. Somehow it had been locked from the inside. Which meant I had to crawl under to unlock it. Ugh. I shimmied under and squinted when I saw a basket sitting on the commode. Something green was inside. Cloth? No. A coat. That moved. I froze then heard a sound coming from the coat. I pulled it aside and stared down at a face that seemed surprised to see me too. The baby responded by opening its mouth and howling. I joined in. Stephanie Bond, author of the Temp Girl Daily Podcast, saying thanks so much for listening. If you like Temp Girl, you might enjoy my other fiction podcast, Coma Girl, available in its entirety to binge wherever you listen to podcasts. But come back tomorrow for another daily episode of Temp Girl. Yeah,